So today I am excited to begin our journey in the book of Colossians. That sounds sort of fancy, doesn't it? So uh, we're going to begin our journey through the book of uh, Colossians. So if you have your Bibles with you or your mobile, mobile device and you can turn in there, if not, it will come up on the screens. But I'm going to read chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, and it says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the holy and faithful brothers, everybody say brothers. Oh, come on, say it like a black man now, brothers. To the holy and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, or Colossae, depending on which commentary you read, grace and peace to you from God our Father. Lord, just bless the word to our hearts today. Help us to go out different than how we came in, in Jesus' name. If you're new to Bible language or you're new to uh, church, I just want to give a little bit of context uh, around this. We, uh, we're reading, of course, from what is called the book of Colossians or uh, the epistle uh, of Paul to the Colossians. And so if you go, what are Colossians? Well, Colossians are a people. They're a group of people like Wellingtonians. And, and so when you, uh, and the word epistle just means a letter. So if we were trying to wrap this up in some type of context that we can understand it, what it would be saying if I was to use us as a, an example, it would be Paul writing a letter to the people of Kapiti. And so that's what's going on here. Those are the people. He's writing a letter to, pe- to people to encourage them in their faith and to encourage them in their walk. And it goes on to uh, say this, this actual letter makes up one of the, t- the 27 books of the New Testament. And so it's, a, it's, it's not a long book. It's only four, four chapters long, but there's, there's so much in here. And so what I want to do over the next little while, I'm going to use this book as a bit of a launching pad to touch all different types of topics and things that we can get into. And so I pray you'll be encouraged by that. And so today's really sort of an intro to the beginning of a series, and I pray it will bless you. And I'm, the reason I'm going through this book, I'm doing it for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's a great book. It's a great book, about four of you. Everybody say amen. Come on, Baba. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. It's a great book to go through. We can learn uh, uh, so much uh, in it that is relevant for our walk and for our lives. And Paul, when he writes a little bit later on in chapter 2, verse 2, he says, my purpose, and he's giving his purpose for writing the book. My purpose is that they may be encouraged. My purpose, friends, I don't want to tell you, I don't... You can go to churches and they'll beat you up and they'll do all things and tell you how much you're doing wrong. But I I, want to catch the the purpose of what Paul is wanting to do. He said, my purpose in writing this basically is that they would be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so what we want to do, I want to uh, go walk through this book and hopefully encourage you that as we, we get into it, that, that wisdom and, 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 and knowledge of what God is trying to say to us would encourage our hearts and our lives today. Say thank you very much, Pastor. Thank you very much, Pastor. That's what we want to do. 
That's why I knew. Because when we read this book, there are so many, there are so many things in this book that can help us and, and, and encourage us in our work. There's, there's so much stuff. There's stuff on who God is. The Bible, Bible says in Colossians 1 verse 15, He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. So I want to spend some time as we walk through the book of Colossians and talk about who is God? What is he like? If God exists, what is God like? What, what type of person? What, what are the characteristics of God? So there's so much we can learn uh, uh, from that. And so we'll theme sometime as we walk through a whole bunch of sermons around that type of theme or that type of topic. There's, there's stuff on prayer. In chapter 1, verse 3, it says this, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. They were a praying church, and we need to be a praying church. Can I hear about five of you? I said, we need to be a praying church. It says oh, a little bit later on in, in chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Devote yourselves to prayer. Being watchful and thankful. And so we, we'll, we, we'll talk about that as we walk uh, along the uh, journey. There, there's stuff on living and doing uh, life right. It says, pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please Him in every way. Well, Lord, how do we please Him? We're going to look at that. How can we live life right? How can we, how can we live life uh, uh, and do right? There's, there, there's stuff on sex. I know nobody's interested in that. Okay. <laughs> well, there's stuff on all that type of thing. It says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. And uh, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. So we need to talk about sex. We need to talk about, that's a, that's a big issue in the society that we live in today. So we're going we're gonna to be t- touching areas like that and just as we walk through it. And uh, how do we do life today? What about dating and what about going how far is too far? And what, 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 can, what can I get away with? So that's how some people think. So we need to talk about this. We need to understand what the Word of God teaches on these things. There's stuff about marriage in here as well and, and family. This is the book or one of the books because a lot of what is written in Colossians is also written in Ephesians. Do you know that? About like a quarter of Ephesians is in Colossians. But it's the bit, I know, amen, sister. Uh, but it's, this is the bit where it says, wives, submit to your husbands. And all the men said, nothing. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. Anita's going, you better say the other bit. You're in trouble. Yeah, amen, Catherine. Hey, hallelujah. So this is a bit where it says, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. And then, of course, the other bit, the husbands love your wives and do not be harsh with them. And all the sisters said, amen, amen. amen. So we can talk about relationships uh, in there. There's stuff on, uh, on parenting. Uh, children, obey your parents. Yeah. Stuff about parenting. We, we, we can talk about parenting and how we can do that better. There's so much stuff in here for our lives in just these four, four chapters. Relationships, family, kids, parenting. There's stuff on freedom. There's stuff on freedom. He on how to walk and live free in Jesus Christ. And there's even stuff actually in chapter four on how to handle your slaves. People are going, okay, where's he going with this? 
But I think we'll use that time to look at maybe some apologetics. Does the Bible condone slavery? There's people out there that says, look at the Bible. It condones slavery. It says slavery's okay. Well, does it? Well, look at those type of things. There are so many angles. And here's the thing. I'm not just saying I've picked all those. What I'm doing is as I move through it, I, I, I'm just allowing God to just stop me on a word or stop me in a place. That, and, and then we'll just go wherever we need to go from there. So the second reason I'm excited about it is I just want to, uh, demonstrate how you can pull stuff out of Scripture because we should be self-feeders. If you're coming here every week going, well, Pastor Adam's going to give me the Word this week. Hallelujah, that's enough. Now, we need to learn how to pull stuff out of the Word of God for ourselves. Turn to the person next to you and say, he's talking to you now. He's talking to you. Uh, we, we need to learn to pull stuff out. We need to be self we need to be self-feeders. And, but sometimes we can read the Bible and people go, I don't know how I read it. No, I got, I got nothing. Nothing, Pastor. Nothing. But you've got to understand, this is a powerful book. This is a powerful book. Hebrews 4 verse 12, it says this, For the Word of God is alive. It is alive. Everybody say alive. It's alive. It's active. This just ain't some book that you read. This ain't some fairy tale. It is alive. The Bible says, and active, and sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates. It gets in on the inside of us, even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I love it. As we go through this series, we're believing God that His, His Word would judge the thoughts and attitudes of our heart and go, that's some stinking thinking, or that's a stinking attitude, or that's a thing. You need to shift that and bring your, yourself into alignment with what God's Word says, because I thought it was, it's going to judge the thoughts and attitudes of our heart. Four of you are excited about that. But it's alive. It's at work in our lives. Anita doing her uh, uh, Master Chef Connect group, or with the, the kids teaching them how to cook some eggs and do some mashed potato and different other stuff, and they cook, all cook fried rice and stuff they're learning. But one of the things they do is a little Bible study before uh, they begin, because how many know that the Word of God is the bread of life? It's uh, it's food to us. And she got some Bibles for those who didn't have Bibles. And she opened them on the first page. And uh, one of the things that said there, which really uh, just, just caught my attention, it said, the book you hold in your hands is a supernatural book. And it is true, as we focus on the Word of God, we've got to understand there are supernatural things happening. This is a book that has changed nations. This is a book that has changed lives. This is a book that has uh, uh, set criminals free and turned them around. It's taken people who couldn't see and, and who were blind and set them, uh, set them free. This is a, this is a book that, that, that has changed the course of nations. This is a supernatural book. And so what I'm saying as we go through this book, and I don't know how long it'll take. And, and like I said, it'll be just different topics and different themes, but using this as the foundation. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to not just go, well, these are the letters by Paul, the apostle written to the church of Colossae. I want us to receive them as he's writing to the church of Kapiti, to the believers of Kapiti, that it's the same thing it would do in those people's lives. It would do in our lives. Amen. So Lord bless the word. So it starts off and uh, saying, Paul, an apostle, Paul, an apostle. One of the things you've got to know is 
when you, you read these books, and again, just giving by way of introduction, is that usually, unlike when we write letters, we write letters, we put names, our names at the end. Usually, the author is always put at the beginning. In those days, the author was put at the beginning. It's not like one of those letters. You ever got a bad letter from somebody, and they've written you a nasty letter, and you go, who is that? And you have to scroll all the way down to the bottom to see who it is. Okay, you never got any bad letters. Okay, so maybe it's what I, I do. I don't know. <laughs> But you get a letter and you find it. But in, in those times, the introduction was always at the beginning. Who was writing it? And so we can see Paul was the main author of this book. Obviously, Timothy had some input uh, into it, but Paul was the main, main author. And it says, Paul, an apostle. The word apostle, new to Bible language, the word apostle just means messenger. Just means messenger. So a messenger is someone with a message. And that message has been given to him. And who's it been given to him from? It's been given to him by Christ Jesus. Paul, the apostle of Christ Jesus, the messenger of Christ Jesus. Now, you've got to understand, Jesus is very central to the book of Colossians. Very central. In fact, Jesus, or Lord Jesus, is mentioned in the book of Colossians in those small four chapters 26 times. So it's, he's really central to the whole theme of this book. Now you might say, well, a pastor, isn't, isn't that written in all the Bible books? There's a lot of stuff about God. No, there are some Bible books that don't even mention God. Uh, like Esther. Esther is, uh, has no mention of the word God at all, yet it's in the Bible. Yet God is at work in the midst of it, but he's never, never mentioned. The Song of Solomon's. The Song of Solomon's between, and I can understand, you know, the lover and the lover. God's like, I'm out of here. Get a room. You know, it's just a, it's just a, that's a God's like, mm, mm. it's just not in there. But in this book, 26 times in four chapters, God, Christ, the Lord Jesus is mentioned. And so as it's the central theme of this book, Christ and his power in us, let his message be our message. Let Christ be the central theme. Come on, somebody, in our lives as we try to walk out this faith journey that we're on. So Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the holy and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace and peace to you from God, our Father. To the holy and faithful brothers. We've called this series, this little bit that we're doing, Manufacture. Because I want to speak to the brothers today. I want to speak to the men today inside the church. Now, sisters, don't get mad. When I said that, oh, I think I'm going to speak to the men. And now, uh, G was like, oh, I shouldn't mention her name, but G was like, no, well, Dad, the sisters need to hear. The sisters need to hear. Don't just make it one, one-sided. But you've got to understand just so the sisters can feel better. And if you look at other versions of this Bible, you'll see that it, uses, it doesn't use the word brothers. It uses the word saints. So everybody's included. In the later versions of the NIV, which I'm reading from here, it says brothers and sisters, because I don't know if they're trying to be PC or what, but it use brothers and sisters. But anyway, the word that's included in the, the Greek means saints. It's just all of us. It's speaking to all of us. But you see, remember, I'm talking about the Word of God is alive. And so as I'm reading through this version of the Bible, when I got to the word brothers, I, I, I felt the Lord say, stop, I want to say something. And so understand, this is for all of us here today, but in specifically to the brothers. The word manufacture, 
And we've done a little play on words, you know, like man, you factor. Thank you. <laughs> but to manufacture means the act of making something or the act of producing something. And of course, we're called to make disciples. We're called to make disciples don't just happen. They're made and we want to make disciples. And we want to see that, that all of us really are producing fruit of that, that we would be producing. To, so, so that's why we're using that as the theme because we desire to make you. We, 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 uh, I believe every week that you come here, that you should, if you came in here, you should leave here. We're making something. We're, we're building something. We're, we're, our job as a, a preacher is to equip you for the work of the ministry that you were called to do. But as I read through this, I felt to, I just as it said to the holy and faithful brothers, I just felt the Lord wanted to say something to the brothers. So you can take, this is Jen, you can take all that I'm saying and make it for all of you. But the Lord wants to speak to the brothers today. And what do you want to say? This is, and this is why I, I couldn't get it ready Lex, last week in my, my heart. I was like, God, what is it you want to say? And, and, and you know, as I, I pondered and meditated on it, basically, it's this. He wants to say this to the brothers today. You're okay. You're okay. I'm not going around saying you're awesome. You're great. Woohoo. That's what the sisters do. But to the brothers the holy and faithful brothers in Christ. I want to say to you today, you're okay. And the reason the Lord would put that on my heart today, and maybe this is prophetic, and maybe it's just for one person here, but I just know today there will be brothers here today, and they don't think they're okay. They feel like they're somehow missing something or lost something. There'll be brothers here today who are carrying shame and blame, guilt. But I, I, the Lord wants to say to you today, you're okay. You're okay. As a pastor, I want to tell you here today, brothers, I'm here for you. As a pastor, I want you to know the Lord is there for you. To my brothers in Christ, the Lord is there for you. And I want to say to, to us as brothers, I am here for you. As your pastor. When I was thinking about this, I was like, what are other scriptures where brother is mentioned in the, in the Bible? And there's... There's many, but the first one that came to me, because I want you to understand here that you're not alone. You're not alone. He's just moved by the Holy Ghost right now. He's just, thank you, Adam. Thank you, Ben. Give it up for Ben. He's working hard. Come on. He is. <laughs> you're not alone. Proverbs 17, verse 17, when I looked up the word brother, here's what it said. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. I want to say here today, brother, you are not alone. You're okay. You're not alone. Understand that we, we are 
We are for you. Understand God is for you. And that he loves you. The scripture says to me, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born. You've got to understand we're born for the tough times. Whatever it is you're going through, whatever it is you're feeling, whatever it is you're battling with, you've got to understand we are born for adversity. We're born for those tough times. When ill luck or tough times hit you, we are born for that. You are not alone. We're born for the tough times. We're born for the hard times. We're born for those times where it's difficult. I want you to know that you're not alone. And the reason I say that is simply this, because one of the, the enemy's most effective strategies at taking men out, one of the, the devil's strategies that he uses is isolation. I looked up in the dictionary what that means. It means to cause a person to remain alone. Man, if he can isolate you, if he can somehow isolate you and cut you, cut you off, so you're thinking, well, I, I'm alone. No one, don't start yet, guys. Just hold off on a little bit. Like a person, no one's tempted like me. No one's struggles like me. No one's goes through the stuff. I go, if he can isolate you like that, so you're thinking no one's tempted like you. No one mucks up like you. You're the only person who struggles with that issue, with that thought, with that sin. You're the only one who goes through that. You're weird. That if he can isolate you, see, understand, the enemy's strategy is to, is to separate you from God, separate you from, if you're married from your wife, separate you from your kids. If you're, if you're not, it's just a guy to separate you from your friends to make you feel you're the only one going through this. You're the only one who struggles with that. You're the only one who battles with that thing or this, this thing. And friends, I want to tell you, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how spiritual you are. This can happen to anybody. You, if you, you know the story in, in, in the book of Kings of Elijah, even Elijah, when he was being chased by Jezebel, Jezebel was after his life. It said he ran for his life and he ended up in a cave alone. And in fact, three times in, in those passages, uh, and I don't have time uh, to read it, but three times in those passages, he said, I am the only one left. And there'll be guys here today, you've been thinking, I'm the only one who's going through this. I'm the only one who's going through this. I'm the only one who has this issue and this habit. And Elijah found himself in a cave alone. He was a caveman. But here's the thing, some of you are in caves, men. You're hiding, thinking I'm alone. I'm the only one who's going through this. Some of you are cave men today. And God had to wake Elijah up. And say to him, what are you doing here? And God would say that to you today, man. What are you doing? Get out of the cave. Three times Elijah said, I'm a, 
I'm alone. In 1 Kings 19 verse 9, it says he crawled into a cave and went to sleep. And like I said, maybe some people here feel like you're in a cave. But God said, you're not alone. In 1 Kings 19 verse 9, it says, then the word of God came to him. Elijah, what are you doing here? He says, I've been working my heart out for God. And maybe you're here today and you go, man, I've been, I've been going, trying to do my best for God. I've been trying to go hard out, but whatever I do, I keep falling into this or mucking up in that. Elijah's like, I've been going hard out for the, for the God of the angel army, said Elijah. He's like, the people of Israel have abandoned your covenant, destroyed the places of worship, murdered your prophets, and I'm the only one left. And maybe here today, that's how you feel. I'm the only one going through this. I'm the only one who struggles like that. It's just me. I'm alone. No one cares. If you read it, it says it's the, the Lord rebuked Elijah and said in 1 Kings 19, verse 18, he said, I'm preserving for myself 7,000 souls, the knees that haven't bowed to God, the God Baal, the mouths that haven't kissed his image. What's that saying? When you feel you're alone, just know there are many others out there who can understand what you're going through. There are many others out there who are going through that same battle. There's many others out there who are, who are facing those same things that you're walking through today. So I want to say to you here today, brothers, my brothers, your brothers, you're not alone. You're not alone in that struggle. You're not alone in that temptation. You're not alone in that battle. You're not alone in that fight. You're not alone. In the book of Genesis, in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve blew it, when they mucked up, what did they do when God came to call them? When God came and walked in there, the Bible says that they made a fig leaf. They tried to cover themselves. They tried to cover their shame and their guilt. And it says they hid from God. Some of us, because of our guilt, some of us, because of our shame, some of us have tried to cover it. And when we hear God's call on our life, when He says, come on, I want you to step up and step out and step into it. Because of our sin and shame and the things that we, we carry, we hide ourselves from God and God would say to you as he calls you into your destiny stop hiding come out from the cave come out from that place of hiding stop trying to do it yourself you're not alone Some men, they've been hiding from God, fig leagues of your shame because you, you feel you're not worthy. You're hiding yourself from the very voice of God that has called you to take dominion on the earth, to subdue it, to be fruitful and multiply. And so there are many brothers here, even today, you're hiding. Oh yes, you might look flash on the outside. You might look at things, but you're hiding. You know you're hiding from God. And he's saying, stop. hiding because you feel like I'm the only one who struggles with this. I'm the only one with sin like this. I'm the only one with temptation like this. But listen, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this, there is no temptation that has taken you, but that which is common to man. Everybody. 
just want to say we're here for you. You're not crazy. You're not a loony. You're just human. So I'm speaking today to the holy and faithful brothers in Christ. And you got to understand these are challenging times for men, real challenging times. Times for women. We, we, we live in a culture today that's constantly assaulted. Constantly assaulted with boobs and babes and stuff just boom, 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 bombarding us all the time. Porn sapping the strength of men. We'll, we'll talk about that as we go through the whole area of Colossians, but there's so many men that strengthen. They say, man, I'm the only one who struggles with that. And these are the days we live in. Back in my day, when I was a young fella, if you wanted to look at porn, I mean, it was like you had to sneak and peek. I mean, I remember walking along in a, in, in a stream next to a house and I found a penthouse and I was like, woohoo, obviously from some other naughty boy's experience, I picked it up, law. I didn't say, Lord, no. I thought, don't do it. Get away from me. And you, you look, you had to sneak it. You had to find, you, you, you had find, but now just we live in a world where with just the click of a button, everything, every kind of perversity is open to us. This is the world that we live in. There are challenging times for men. You've got to understand you're not alone. So I love Neil running Valiant Man, just helping guys just talk about that stuff. Psalm 119, how can a young man keep his way pure? Can I just tell you it's not a problem of just young men? Come on, come on. It's a battle, there's a war going on. When the story of the Bible student going to his teacher and saying, I really want to follow God, but I, man, I just get so tempted and so this and so that. And he's asking his 80-year-old lecturer. It's like I get so tempted, so much stuff going on. And, you know, I feel this thing for girls and stuff. And it's just like, oh, my heart beats and lust and all this type of stuff. He's like, I'm going through it. He's like, can, can, you, can you tell me, when, when does that stop in ministry? He's asking his Bible lecturer. He's 80 years old. The Bible lecturer replies, when it does, I'll let you know. We've all got to walk this walk. And I know there are guys as we come to a close, I know there are guys that, that you are here today and you feel short, you feel stuff's going tough. I don't know what areas or different things. There'll be, there'll be many, but you'll somehow feel like you don't measure up. God's wanting to say you're okay. I want to say to the men here, to the brothers here, you're okay, you're not alone. I want to tell you some good news. I want to tell you some good news. And that is this, listen, Kenneth Pryor said this, holiness is not only commanded by God's law, but it is made available to men by His grace. I'll read it again. Holiness is not only commanded by God's law, but holiness is made available to men by His grace. So you've got to understand this, what the law of God demands, the grace of God supplies. His grace is available to you. What the law of God demands, the grace of God supplies for you here today. Because you've got to understand holiness. I love this. Holiness is not the way to Christ. Christ is the way to holiness. 
You've you got to understand this today. You're here and you're struggling. It's like, man, I keep mucking up. I keep, keep trying to put the fig leaf over it. And I, 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 I want to live holy. I want to live. Listen, I want to tell you, holiness is not the way to Christ. Christ, accepting what Christ has done on the cross for you is the way to holiness. Christ is the way to holiness. He makes us holy. We can do nothing. Our righteousness is as a filthy rag before a holy God. He makes us. Holiness is not the way to Christ. Christ is the way to holiness. Oh, I'm preaching good. So I want to say to you today, man, get out of your cave. Come out from your hiding. Scripture says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 21, it says this, once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your own minds because of your evil behavior. But then verse 22 says, but now, everybody say, but now. Oh, come on, say it like you believe it now, but now. This is, that's how it was. This is how it is. This is how it is now. But now he has reconciled you. He has reconciled you. Listen, by Christ's physical body through the death to present you what? Holy in his sight. Well, how is he presenting you? What? Come on. What is he presenting? How is he presenting? Come on. Holy in his his sight. Who's done it? Christ's done it. You can't do it. Holiness is not the way to Christ. Christ is the way to holiness but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through the death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and listen friend and free from accusation if you continue in your faith established and firm and not moved from the hope held out in the gospel friends understand if we would accept what God has done for, for us today on the cross of Calvary we can stand free of accusation we can stand holy in His sight because it's not about our righteousness it's about His He makes us holy holy and faithful brothers in Christ grace and peace to you Colossians 3.3, your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When He looks at you, He sees Christ. You're okay. You're okay. Men of God, my brothers, you're okay. You're okay. But just give your life to Him. Give your life to Him. And allow Him to outwork His life in you. Hold on to this gospel, this gospel that comes from God. And for in this gospel, a righteousness is found. A righteousness, it comes by faith, not by doing stuff, but by faith. From first to last. My brothers, you're okay. Come out of hiding. God is calling you. He's calling you to step up and to step out and to step into all He has for you. Receive this today. And walk out of here in strength and in power. Oh, you still have issues. You still have struggles. But again, this is not about you. This is about Him and what He has made available to you. You've just got to live 
out of the power of that. Because he made a way where there seems to be no way. And my Bible says, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen. Good preaching. You're okay. Let's give God some glory in this place.